Hi everybody. So uh, this goes on the entertainment section and it's my statement out there for people who love horror stories. Uh, a lot of what people call horror isn't horror. They just say blood and guts isn't that scary or revolting, right? I've, I've had so many arguments with people about that and it's bullshit. Um, so I don't, I, I like movies that you can call horror movies, but I don't like discussing them with horror fans. And that's because the vast majority of horror fans out there, unless they are really critical of horror, a lot of horror fans out there don't really like horror. They like just violence and they don't really grasp the concept of what being scared is. Because when I, when I do talk to these people, a lot of times they'll say, oh, it was scary when the alien jumped out at you. I say, okay, tell me a scary story. And their scary stories are jump scare, right? Something jumps out. A cat jumps out. That's scary. That's horror. I don't know if you qualify as in this category. I don't mean to insult you if you do. This is why I rarely talk about it. But that's not horror. That's not scary. That's stimulus response reaction. It's not scary, it's not horror, it's stimulus response. Stimulus response is not scary. It's a shot of adrenaline in your body. Anything can be a stimulus response, right? Now, jump scares, uh, they're called scares because they jump, they get, make you jump, they make you have adrenaline, and it's like, oh my god, I hope that doesn't happen to me, which is kind of, sort of scary. There is a small amount of scare to it. But something that is really, truly scary is something where you have to deal with whatever scared you for a while. Now, there are a lot of people out there that can't really handle disturbing images, right? And they will have bad dreams. That is essentially them scaring themselves, if that makes any sense. It's not the actual product scaring them. It's them scaring themselves or them not being able to handle certain things. In which case, anything can be scary. Uh, you know, like people, a clown, which is inherently not scary, especially that one version of it. <laughs> uh, anyway, like, you know, just like Blinky, you know, or um, Ernest P. Worrell, right? How you doing, Vern? He's actually a clown. He is a tramp clown. Right? You wouldn't call him scary, but maybe somebody had a bad reaction, and so their psyche is inherently revolted and frightened by somebody who is overtly friendly, etc., etc., etc. So the material isn't scary. The person is pre 
disposed to being frightened, right? Desensitivity removes that predisposition. But if something is truly scary, you can't be desensitized to it because it will still stick with you. So this is a complex psychological discussion we're having here. A lot of people don't get that far. So if you've gotten this far, I want to thank you. Now, I've been scared by things before. You know, jump scares. They get me sometimes. <laughs> uh, one of the God, one of the scariest video games I have ever played. Even when I got tired of the jump scares, it still nailed me. Alien Isolation. The thing is, the vast majority of Alien Isolation that scared me wasn't the alien, if you believe it. It was the music. So it was kind of a predisposition to being exposed to something that was um, uh, weird and unsettling. Because it reminds me of the alien, which is weird and unsettling, in a horror atmosphere where the alien is killing a bunch of things. Alien itself could be a tiger in the woods, for all I know. Right? For all I care. It's unsettling, and it will jump out, hiss, and it'll kill you. Right? When it jumps out, it's like, oh, fuck! You know, I, I'm scared, I'm frustrated, because I just lost 30 minutes of gameplay. I start back at the, the automatic save. So I'm more afraid and scared of losing all the work that I accomplished than I am really of the content. And having said that, I never had bad dreams about the aliens. Like, if they kill you, they kill you quickly. You likely don't feel any pain unless you've got a face hugger around you, in which case... You're going to suffer, and then they'll burst out of your chest, and, you, you, you know, all sorts of crap. But, uh, I, you know, you make sure that the alien has to kill you instead of capture you, right? So if it's an instant death, it's not really frightening to me, you know? But you can argue that that has elements of predisposition, and as well as scary things like something which is supposed to be bright and white and peaceful is is, is really uh, horrible because you don't know where things are going to pop out next and the music dear god that fucking music of course in the real world music doesn't exist so i i will turn you know i mean as as a narrative of your life so i will turn the music off when i play it um but it's not really the same thing as actual horror right? Real horror is something that is revolting uh, down to your essence, where whenever you think about it, there's no desensitization toward it. It's horrific. Like there's, there's no way to be desensitized to images of the Nazi Holocaust without being a total fucking monster. There's none. 
You can be desensitized toward the aliens. You can be desensitized toward uh, jump scares, toward a cat hissing, jumping out, etc., etc., etc. You cannot be desensitized to something which is a really, really terrible fucking thing unless you are a monster or you have a catatonic-like response to something that your brain can't logically process. A lot of Holocaust deniers. This includes people who deny the Rwandan Holocaust, uh, the, uh, it, the Armenian Holocaust, and let's get real here, when they burn people alive in buildings, it's a Holocaust. The word was developed to talk about a specific type of genocide, uh, aspect of genocide. In fact, the, the Nuremberg trials, they referred to all of the non-fire-based methods of killing people as acts of genocide. And they had to create the term Holocaust in the legal realm, even though it had sort of existed before. Uh, they had to use that in a, as a legal term and adopt it as a legal term to describe burning people alive. Right. So, a lot of deniers of these, it has since evolved to mean a type of genocide that includes really horrific things and and let me promise you the the ovens weren't the ovens weren't the worst things that the nazis did and a lot of people don't realize that because a lot of people don't study history a lot of people don't have the education i have and the ovens are really fucking bad and there are mm -hmm. some things they did that oh that's a buzz for me let me turn off the uh let me put on do not disturb there are uh, some things that were done, the Nazis did, that were even worse. So, um, the thing is, a lot of people become Holocaust deniers for any Holocaust, any genocide. They become that type of denier because they can't mentally fathom that level of evil. They really can't. And so, dialing back the evil a little bit, <laughs> uh, that's why I have a real difficulty dealing with so-called horror stories. Because they aren't horror, it's just violence. Violence isn't horror, violence is violence. I grew up with violence all around me. All around me. I'm still stuck, stuck in a situation where there is violence continuing to dominate my life, right? Violence isn't scary. Violence is violence. By itself, it's not scary. It's just violence. But um, I'll tell you what is scary. Depths of human depravity that lead to really terrible forms of violence where the person will get away with it. That's what's horrific to me. The idea that a lot of 
say murderers get away with it a lot of rich people who who bury other people down uh, who abuse them because they know they can win by money alone that's horror to me too you know I, I sometimes joke about the money pit being a horror movie but I really only joke about it by saying it's funny because it's true the money pits a comedy with um, uh, what's her name from Cheers and uh, Tom Hanks right I believe it's what's her name from Cheers Diane from Cheers I might be wrong I have to look it up again uh, and the whole thing is they buy a house and it starts falling apart the end of the movie the house no longer exists it's just a giant fucking pit in the ground it's a lot of money that's this guy's life that's her life and the real fear is how are they going to survive right that's what goes through my mind they worked that hard for this house and it's gone and it's supposed to be a comedy I just don't find it funny really and I find a lot of things funny <laughs> but it gets to a point where you're thinking you know this this shit is way too real this is way too real you know the one who flew over the cuckoo's nest that's fucking frightening the only way out for that guy is to be killed because you had an administrator who just beats down on him all the fucking time. Now, granted, he was uh, Murphy, I, I believe, his, if I remember correctly. I only saw that movie once. It's like, never again. Uh, you know, he bullshits the state in order to allowing him into a mental institution so he can, because he can't essentially function outside. And I, I think he's homeless, something like that. You know, he befriends everybody. And Nurse Ratchet knows that he's bullshitting. Well, it gets to a point where she orders or, or participates in the events that have him lobotomized. Guy had nowhere to go. He decides, I'm going to game the system a little bit. And he's essentially murdered. Uh, Chief, who at the end puts a pillow over his mouth, doesn't actually kill him in the way that his friend was already dead. Chief releases him from the torment because that's what he asked for. He said, you know, if I ever end up like that guy, kill me, right? That's horror to me because they get away with it because they have the power to do that to other people. Because they're really fucking monsters. And you know, you could also argue, and a lot of psychologists have argued, that that type of mentality is a type of mentality that eagerly fed into, uh, and does feed into Nazi and communist brutality. Because they see a way to harm other people and say, legally I'm allowed to. I'm not at fault because I'm I'm doing what's just and right. I don't mean just and right. Some guy in the universe. I mean 
just and right. And I've dealt with people like that too in my life. I have people right now in my life who act like that. And there's no way to nail them because they've got friends who believe the same thing and they want to act that way too. It will, it will hurt you because I'm not going to support you if this happens. Don't, don't, don't confront them. You just, you just have to deal with it and accept it. Right? So maybe there's some predisposition there. But that, that type of mentality is a type of mentality that does work like that. And another thing that scares me, it's Unsolved Mysteries, as much as I love Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries is incredibly frightening to me when they discuss murders that have gone unsolved. And it's different than in the movies, right? Uh, you can tell a fictionalized murder from an actual murder. This is why so many people call bullshit on Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's bullshit based on a true story. My ass it was. Right? There were some events that gave the guy an idea of writing a horror movie. And then when he was cutting his turkey with an electric uh, knife, he thought, well, what if I had an electric knife as the bad guy instead of just a regular knife? Oh, a chainsaw would work. I mean, that's all a bunch of fucking bullshit. Right? It's kind of like uh, something that a lot of people can't put their finger on with women like Janice Dickinson, who have cried rape and been proven to be lying so many times that if they actually were raped, it would be very difficult to prove in a court of law. Right? Janice Dickinson has often used sex as a means to attack other people, mostly famous, to get her name in the paper. She's done it more than once. And you listen to their stories and you say, something ain't right about that. And there is some truth to that. And I have a theory about that. And I have a theory about that. And the reason why I bring this up is that my uncle worked for a rape crisis center. And uh, I did a lot of research when I wrote John Rocket because there are a lot of comic book stories where writers would write rape, would write rape stories and it sounded so fucking fake. So I did a lot of research and I compared fake rape stories to real rape stories. Fake rape stories are like I, I, I was opening the door and then I just felt him slip his, his uh, little, little man up into me. And I was so surprised I couldn't do anything. That was, that was something that I... In fact, Janice Dickinson said a similar story to that. And it's like, no, no, that's not how you react. That's not how a victim reacts. There's so much wrong with how they retell it. And then I hear, I read uh, an account of a rape story where a woman was raped or uh, a date rape where a woman was drugged. And they say, I, I, I can't, I, 
I remember his hands and his fingers. That's how it starts. And the moment you get into that, then you say, oh, fuck me. I'm not listening to this. Give that woman whatever she, whatever is, is capable and put that asshole in fucking jail. Right? There's a tone. There's a type of verbiage that's used. There's a type of, of process that happens from beginning to end. That when people write a fictionalized version of it for the movies, they nine times out of ten don't get it right. When they try to depict it, nine times out of ten they don't get it right. You know? But then when they say, writers say, oh, hey, yeah, this is what actually happened and uh, we're going to show it. And the director says, yeah, okay, stage it correctly. And then you have the actor saying, I had nightmares after doing that scene uh, for a couple of weeks. It was not a fun scene, but I know it was an important movie to get out there. That's when you know, okay, yeah, that's, that's real. And um, there are, you know, it, it's, it's really, really clear when, vast majority of time, it's really, really clear when a rape story is true. You know, a lot of people say, well, how do you tell the difference between fake and real? Just believe the woman. That's not really, one, how the legal system works, and two... You, you, you know. You just fucking know. And with Bill Cosby, I mean, yeah, I'm of the position Janice Dickinson was it's not assaulted by him. But there are several stories in those accusers, those list of accusers that have my skin crawling. And all I could think of is Oh, dear fucking God, that's textbook. And that's something that you can't really practice for. It's something you can't really coach for. Because everyone has a little... The, the details. The details have to be different in a way where... Oh, yeah, that's it. You know, you can tell when somebody's making... You know, putting those details in. But that's what I'm talking about in regards to horror. You take a fake story take a fake thing of rape or this or this and you say no, th you know what that's just like they get the concept but eh you know like uh, oh uh, I know a lot of people think Scream is top notch horror like maybe for this generation they get the concept but you know Jurassic Park did it better and yeah I'm calling Jurassic Park a horror movie it's a monster movie. <laughs> it's PG-13. It's a PG-13 horror film. Okay? <laughs> that is exactly what it is. There are a lot of PG-13 horror films. Jaws. Jaws is a legitimate horror film. Like, you're not afraid with jump, uh, jump scares and stuff like that. In fact, most of the movie really has you engrossed. Yeah! 
has you engrossed in the story. And then maybe a month out later, you decide to go to the beach and you go and you say, I'm not going to go into the water. And you walk back into the, to, to where the beach is, the sand is. I'm going to stand out here. I'm just going to enjoy the water from out far. Right? Or people who saw Psycho and said, yeah, I don't go to motels because of that movie and I don't take showers. I make sure everything is bolted shut. And then I put a door, I mean, I, mean, uh, I brace the door with a, uh, with a uh, chair. Yeah, that's actually horror. Because it sticks with you. Eats at your fucking brain. Like I said, Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, I can watch that show, binge it for like a day or two, and then I am done with it for months. And uh, another example, like I'm, I'm watching this YouTube series uh, done by a group called The Watcher. It's with Ryan Begara and uh, Shane, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, or Sean. Is it Shane or Sean? Oh, fuck, I don't even know. So anyway, the point is, they, they have this thing called Are You Scared Yet? Or, you know, or are you scared? And they give fake stories along with real stories. And you're watching through it. By like five minutes in, you're just like, okay, this is fake. You know, and people try and introspect into why something is fake, why something isn't, why this is, why this isn't, why blah, 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 blah. But what really is this tone and language used. And the fake ones really try and emphasize things with lots of adjectives and stuff like that. The real ones are, yeah, there, I remember cigarette smoke and uh, I didn't think anything of it. And then I walked in and somebody was in the house. I thought it was my friend. He usually texts me, but I didn't get any texts. So I thought, oh, well, that's all right. You know, I let my friend use stuff. And then I heard some grunting and some smashing and I realized I I had an intruder and I ran as quickly as I could. That's a fucking frightening story. That's a frightening story. Guy does not use uh, adjectives to emphasize a story at all. He just tells it fact by fact by fact. And if the facts without adjectives frighten the shit out of you, that is what real horror is. All right. If you need a bunch of blood, you're not directing a horror film. You're directing, uh, you know, blood and gore film with some jump scares. That's not horror. Horror is, and that specific story did freak me out. That home invasion story, especially where I live. It was fucking frightening. The story that was told. And it was real. And I think that's actually the scariest story on there. And there was no blood. There were no cadavers. There were no body parts that were found in the wall. It, nobody fucking died. What's frightening is that motherfucker who tried to kill this guy is alive. And prob maybe he's finally in prison. Nobody fucking knows. Nobody knows what happened to him. Nobody knows who came in. They just know they found cigarettes. They know the guy was watching the house and waiting for that. You know, the, the home invader was watching the house and waiting for that other guy to get home. That guy did not know anybody who was going to kill him. 
That is fucking scary. Anyone could be targeted by this murderer. That's fucking horror. That's the stuff that is so real where I don't think I can watch that fucking show. I can't watch the second season of Luke Cage because of the type of violence that's in it. The type of family dynamic that's in it. I can't watch it. I can't, I can't handle it. That's horror. So, you know, when I see people, especially survivors of the Nazi Holocaust, who say the Nazi emblem invokes really horrific images to me, they should be believed, you know? They should be believed. Um, the difficulty is that predisposition, like my predisposition with Luke Cage's father. Uh, that that's a predisposition there. Uh, you know, the idea of somebody breaking into your home, though, that's really a lot. Uh, you know, without a predisposition, you know, that's a horror without predisposition. Um. So I, I just want to get that out there. There's horror. Isn't really supernatural. We we are there. I don't believe that there is a thing in the universe that can harm a human being in a way that's worse than anything that a human can comprehend or conjure up in their own memory and their own desires. Humans really are monsters. You know, that's that's really the thing. So I, I see things like Pinhead. We're going to scare you, then turn you into a Cenobite. Like, dude, that looks really painful. Not necessarily horrific, but really painful. And I'm pretty sure I can red chief your ass until you return my body to normal. The ransom of red chief. Uh, it's a story where this kid is kidnapped and he is such a fucking t in terror to the kidnappers that they pay the family to take the kid back. <laughs> it's a, it's a funny story. Very unrealistic, but very funny. Um, yeah. So I like, like shit like that. It's like, I'll go down fighting. Suddenly, my life has taken on new meaning, and I will go down fighting. Uh, fuck you all. Kind of like what Ukraine is saying. Ukraine is facing horrors that the Russians are visiting upon them. And the people who are living that horror story right now say, You know what? I'm, I'm too pissed off. I'm too angry to be. I, I'm, too, I, I'm too sad. I'm too angry. I'm too horrified to be scared in that way. So I'm not going to be horrified. I'm not going to be sad. I'm going to use my anger and I'm going to fight because my life has taken on new meaning and you are going to die. Or you're going to have to kill me to get what you want and I will take ten of you with me. See, that's not a horror story. 
to me. That, that, and so, so many things like aliens and everything else like that. Not really horror. Although Alien Isolation, the horror story in that is that if she fails, the aliens will spread across the universe. So the horror is she has to destroy them all. Right? It's like Metroid. Um, I actually think that Metroid is a space horror series in a lot of ways. Although it's also fantastic. Maybe fantasy horror in ways. Um, you know, so that the horror is if she fails, it spreads across. The horror is not fighting the Metroids. So Metroids are just a regular life form. You know, Metroids aren't even the bad guys in the, in the game series Metroid. I don't know if you guys realize this, the Metroids aren't even the bad guys. They're, they're a natural predator that's created to destroy a really evil virus. So the Metroids will just destroy everything. They're not bad. They don't hold malice. In fact, the baby Metroid dies, saving Samus's life. Metroids are animal creatures. The evil is Ridley. The evil is Craig. The evil is the corrupted mother brain. People keep talking about Metroid because the game is named Metroid. Metroid, they're, they're the uh, object of obsession. I won't even say they're the MacGuffin because MacGuffins are nonsense objects that the audience doesn't care about. These are objects that the audience actually does care about because it holds ramifications. So that's the difference between an object of, of obsession and a MacGuffin. A MacGuffin is something nobody cares about, except for the main, you know, and it has no real effect on anything. But an object of obsession is actually a plot point, a major plot point. And it does change the audience's life, because it changes the characters' lives in a way that's meaningful. So yeah, the, the Metroids aren't even, they're not even the evil in the Metroid series, right? So that's what I say, people don't really understand horror. Horror is something that will stick with you. And then later on, you might get freaked out. You might not want to get in the shower because of Psycho for months. Irrational fear. You might not want to actually go into the ocean. There are shark attacks. Home invasions do happen. You might not want to leave your door open. You might be afraid that somebody's stalking you and will attempt to kill you. One of the main reasons why I think SVU, Law and Order SVU, is one of the worst things to have ever been on television because they emphasized sexual attacks and assaults in a way where it multiplied the fear in this country about incidents that are not as common as were displayed on the TV. Which has caused real problems in real life in going after sexual predators. People who are not sexual predators being punished for things and then finding out that they were manipulated or an episode of SVU which is really fucking sick. 
At the same time, SVU was done to try and raise awareness about sexual assault. So it's like it did two things at once. Raised awareness and also had a very bad backlash. Which is really fucking terrible at the end, at the end of all, it all. It turned into a real problem. So, uh, yeah, uh, there is, and, and that is because of fear and horror. That show created an aura of fear and horror that in a lot of ways became irrational. And, you know, this, this, this type of effect, this halo effect, is, is widely noticed and widely criticized for all sorts of things. Like AIDS. The fear and horror about AIDS to this day has negative impacts on a number of social groups in society. Although that fear and horror also came with spreading some knowledge on how to prevent AIDS from spreading. But see what I mean? Real horror isn't blood and guts. Real horror really isn't that. And uh, something I've tried to articulate. Now, I hope that nobody who listens to this audio thinks that I am diminishing the effects of sexual assault or that I'm saying Bill Cosby's innocent. He sure as fuck isn't. Uh, not every one of his accusers should be believed. Especially not Janice fucking Dickinson. She's a liar. She's a professional fucking liar. Uh, there was another woman who was caught. I mean, her lies were directly exposed. Um, because she gave she gave details that were completely incom- incompatible with her travel schedule and Kazi's travel schedule. And then... When she finally was exposed for lying, she said, well, it was some black man. Like, okay, fuck you. But she was claiming at first she was raped in Johnny Carson's green room. Then she claimed it was a different talk show host's green room. Then she claimed it must have been some room that was green. And then she said it was some black man. Um, so she's a fucking liar. Uh, maybe she was assaulted. I don't know. But she sure as hell wasn't assaulted by Cosby. Although he definitely did assault women you know he did belong in jail you know so um i hope nobody believes that i'm defending or saying these things should not be considered or when i you know like i'm pretty sure i made it clear if you you want to try and believe something else you have your own problems so uh that's basically my complaint about writing in entertainment uh, fashions and I sincerely hope that all of you consider what horror is, what scary things are and what things aren't and uh, like Jurassic Park I think is a wonderful balance of horror and fantasy and science fiction right because there, it is believable that someday we can bring dinosaurs back. It is a monster movie. And those monsters behave in a way where 
they can't be faulted for behaving in the way that they behave. Velociraptors are going to Velocirapt. Tyrannosaurus Rex is going to Tyrannosaurus Rex. Right? Humans are the people who don't fucking belong in that park. <laughs> right? The greed of humans is what undoes the park. The greed of humanity, the evil of humanity, is what is turned down upon us. And we create these monsters that are just living animals doing what they do. And because of our own greed and hatred, we do it unto ourselves. That's a message of Jurassic Park. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. And, and you know, at, at the same time, dinosaurs are like the coolest fucking things to have ever existed. <laughs> you know, you can't get much cooler than a dinosaur. Unless you got a dinosaur that's got a laser eye, right? <laughs> and and yet they manage to make you completely afraid of those of, of being in a situation with the coolest creatures on earth. And and isn't you know that's one thing that's that's when you have a great you know fantasy horror story. It's something that you always want, and you're kind of afraid that you want it because you know. You want it so bad, it's going to blow up in your face, and you're like, eh, fuck it. It's a dinosaur. I still want to go. <laughs> there, I, was it a Foxtrot comic strip? It's something like that, where some comic strip I read a long time ago, where a person said, well, they, 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 made, they made a dinosaur park, right? Yeah, and they said, did they learn nothing from Jurassic Park? And they said, yeah, I'm definitely not going. Yeah, but it is dinosaurs. Yeah, I got her tickets already, right? It's like the horror from that entire story is what we do unto ourselves. It's like moths to the flame. We know we're fucked and we're going to go anyway. <laughs> so there are horror stories, you know, where they have a ring of truth to them. They're written in a way where I get it. And, and blood is never... Never a crucial part of a horror story. In fact, blood seems to actually make horror less enjoyable and worse. But even then, even with the worst or most horrific fictional story that's out there, the most powerful horror stories are the ones that are real and true. Because you can't, you can't say it will never happen. Anyway, love you all. Hope you have a great day. Hope I gave you something to think about, especially in terms of art and the art of storytelling. Take care. Bye.